The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The podcast with Dan Bardell and Greg Evans. Talking, this is we're about to come on, Greg. We're <laughs> we're on we're on the podcast. Greg is talking absolute rubbish at me before we're about to come on. We've, we haven't even got time for pleasantries because Greg's got to go at quarter past seven apparently. So we better get straight into the eighteen seventy four podcast this week. Greg Villa bounced back in style, hammered last week at Newcastle, but gave Everton a hammering this week. So Villa now level on goal, well back to zero mm-hmm. on on goal difference, and things feel happy and good again. Yeah, pretty much as I predicted as well. I, I didn't oh, think it? there would be too much uh, of a concern this weekend. I, I really did fancy Villa to go back and win um, against Everton. I thought it would be... I mean, look, it's, this sounds a little bit disrespectful, but I did think it would be as simple as it was. And it, and it was in the end, wasn't it? You know, Everton are a poor side who are struggling and Villa have just got so much quality now um, that they were able to exploit it. I did describe Everton as a as a soulless club, and I did a, did a stream. Yes, that's not aimed at the fans, by the way. That's the the team on the pitch and the direction they're going in. I, I believe that it that it is soulless. I said on yesterday's stream they reminded me of the Villa side that went down on seventeen points. Would mm. you say that's fair? I mean, to to some look. We I said this about Everton last season. I said that when Villa beat them, they looked like a really poor, struggling side. Uh, got a lot of criticism from Everton fans at that point, but you know they went on to show that they were that you know a struggling side and only just about survived. Um, I think they're going to have similar problems this year. I don't think. There's not too many similarities with that Villa team. Uh, Address uh, because... a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, other than, uh, than Garnagay. But um, Villa, 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 Villa signed a lot of young, youngish players, didn't they? Young, unproven mm-hmm. players um, who'd come over from France and Spain. Um, and then they mixed it in with a few experienced players. And, and it was just, it felt like Villa didn't really have the right balance uh, at um, on the coaching and management team, you know, with Tim Sherwood and, and Paddy Riley at, at um, you know, looking to go to d- different directions. But Everton just seems like it's just a club that's struggling, isn't it? Um, you know, I was, I was up in Liverpool over the weekend and went past the, the new stadium that's, you know, getting developed. And um, obviously, you know, the, the horrific news in, in the week um, about the worker. But uh, yeah, you know, just going past the new stadium and thinking, oh, I wonder if this club are gonna are gonna still be in the Premier League, you know, when when this is complete. Um, it's something that they're going to have to deal with. But yeah, look, you know, great for Villa that that they were able to get back to winning ways, and uh, they were they were fun to watch, weren't they? They're really enjoyable. Yeah, there was a couple of players that were uh, were a big part of that. I know you want to talk about Super John McGinn. 
just worlds away from the the John McGinn that started last season for Villa as captain, isn't he? He's the captain now, and he is the real leader in the heartbeat of that team. Yeah, I think he's enjoying himself as well. He's got a bit more freedom in there um, the, with Kamara and, and Louise, and the real a real structure, you know, behind him, just gives him and him and Diaby a, a little bit more freedom. Well, I mean, Diaby's going to get that that freedom anyway as an attacking player, but but McGinney's is able to roam a little bit. Um, you know, he was speaking to Emery during pre-season about some of his targets and aims, and it was to get more goals. The fact that he's done that after you know, two games is, is a great start for him. So hopefully we're going to be seeing a few more goals from him. Um, really inspiring performance. You know, the, the most progressive passes, I think, most dribbles. Um, just just sort of really leading the way creatively um, and just looked like he was enjoying himself again, uh, which is good. And it's obviously a big week for him going back to Hibs. Yeah, it's really clever the way the, the players were, mo- were moving around. I watched the match of the day too, analysis but before I came on. And McGinn, McGinn and DRB caused chaos really with the little pockets of space that, that they dropped into, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. I think two of them looked, you know, looked like uh, looked like they were they were working well together. You know, building a bit of a rapport on the pitch. It's really interesting with McGinn because I, I I always remember the very first time I spoke to him, um, and uh, Jack Grealish was at, was obviously at Villa at that point, and the first thing he said was. Um, I've learned very quickly to win the ball and pass it to Jack Grealish. Whereas now it feels like he can win the ball and do things himself mm. um, and actually be a lot more creative himself, you know, getting on the getting on the score sheet as well. Um, but it's just, yeah, it just feels like in the right structure, which is what he's always needed, he's, he's going to thrive. And um, I think, you know, we've seen him play in a more of attacking role for Scotland and, and get lots of goals. Uh, so he could start to become that player for Villa in an Emery system. He gets to do a bit of everything in the in the wider positions, doesn't he? Look, he had a poor game against Newcastle. What wasn't alone, and I was sat there thinking, mm, left hand side that, that didn't really mm. work. I think we spoke about that actually last week. But played the left hand side yesterday against Newcastle, or rather played from the left, obviously inverting inside quite a lot. But in those wide positions, he can kind of do a little bit of everything because he's still got the the ball winning capability, and he still wins the ball back, albeit higher at the pitch than he would in central midfield. He's carrying the ball. Yeah, his passing is way better than I, I think. His passing was better than he used to get credit for anyway. Yeah. But now you're really starting <clears throat> to see that, and he is just the heartbeat and the driving force of everything that Villa do. That's good. He, he takes the odd set piece as well, so it's almost enabled him to kind of become. I'm, I'm wary of using this term, but I don't know how else to phrase it. The complete midfielder, but playing mm. playing from wide, but it just allows him to do all the things he's good at. Yeah, and and look, you know, he he is the complete midfielder, really. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a a uh, a term, you know, you, you don't want to use too often because it can be thrown back at you and say, "Well, he doesn't, this does this, can't do this, can't do that." But he he can do pretty much everything to a, a relatively high level, Carney. Hmm. And he's now playing in a team that finished seventh last year and are looking to kick on even further. So, you know, he is one of <laughs> one of the best midfielders in the Premier League, isn't he? If you want to look at it like that. Okay, he's probably not in the top sort of four or five, but um, you know, when you when you look when you look at everything that he does, there aren't many players like him. Um and there are a lot of clubs that would benefit from having John McGinn in their midfield too. So one of the other stats as well, you know, the most passes under pressure as well, just to go back to your um, uh, your highlighting of, of his passing there. When he's really under pressure, he gets it right as well. And that's, you know, that's a that's a big plus. Um, and it's something that, again, they've been working on in the summer, you know, patterns of play and, and you know, little triangles um, 
between various players. Um, I think that the Villa team are starting to get used to each other, you know, with Diaby in there. Uh, I think Torres came in and did well, didn't he? And, yep. and and looked to sort of move the ball forward very often. Carlos came off the bench, was you know a good a good day for him, first Villa Park appearance for nearly a year. Uh, Villa, you know, now eight wins in a row in the in the Premier League, which is uh, sorry at home, which is which is pretty uh, pretty incredible. I don't think they've done that since nineteen ninety. Which yeah, uh, you might Premier know League. a little bit more about than that because I was only three years old. I mean, I was only five myself, Greg. So <laughs> you know, I wasn't I wasn't much older than this. Not a huge age gap between us. <laughs> Many people would say I look younger, especially when I wear this cap. I, I, I assume. Let's talk about Leon Bailey then, because I, I think yesterday that was probably one of the best games he's had. In a, in a Villa show, it was very much a case of yesterday. Luca Dean was providing the width from the left hand side, and Leon Bailey was providing the, the width from the right. His first few, we spoke about this before. His first few actions in the game were good, and then after that, he had he went on and and had a good game. Got a goal, got an assist, was involved in pretty much everything good Villa did. What can Villa do to get more of that Leon Bailey and not the Leon Bailey that frustrates <laughs> us so much? Yeah, believe in him, I suppose. Give him the game time. Uh, you know, I mean, was, he does get games. He's he does get the game time. He does, he, he does get the game time, I know. But that, uh, I mean, for Villa to continue to get that out of him, they've got to believe in him. You know, he's somebody who clearly needs to, you know, needs a bit of love, doesn't he? He needs a bit of affection and um, uh, a manager to believe in him. So he's good, isn't he, when he can get on that ball in the in the, in the the box and sort of take on defenders and cut it back. He's done that a fair few times and, you know, a lot of his assists have come from those positions and he, you know, he's, he's quick and skillful. He's got all the attributes. You just want to see more of it. And I think if Villa can become more of a front foot team where they haven't got defenders often, um, and I'm sure they will. They will at against, home, I think. They definitely. will at home and they will against the lower ranked teams. And, you know, hopefully it is time to, to come and shine because we've been saying for it, We've been saying it for a long time now, haven't we? We want to see more of that Leon Bailey. That's the reason Villa signed him to play like that, um, you know, creating and scoring goals. Okay, he's not going to set up and score a goal every single week, but he was direct, he was purposeful, um, and he, he looked a bit happier again. You know, he just he, he, his body language at Newcastle. I mean, you know, it wasn't great, but he was smiling and that yesterday, and just looked just looked like he was enjoying it a bit more. You know, maybe he's a home player. You know, he, all of his goals have been scored at Villa Park. Maybe we we need to see, um, you know, him, him unleashed at home more often than away. And there might be a different plan away from home. But mm. look, it's something for him to build on. Um, and uh, I'm sure he'll be happy with it. Got a similar assist in the last home game of the season, actually, against, against Spurs, where he cut it back on his on his, on his right foot. It was quite interesting, that first goal. Because obviously, it was barely crossing on his right foot and McGinn finishing. On, yeah. on, on his right foot. I can't imagine that'll happen too many more times <laughs> this season. I don't think he's ever scored on his right foot, has he, Mickey? I certainly can't remember one for no, Villa no, that, that, he, that he scored on his on, on his on his right foot. But yeah, we got us off to obviously a, a great start yesterday. And yeah, you know, a good day back at back at Villa Park, four 0 on your first home game. You'll you'll take that every day of the week, especially off the back of of a five one humbling. I just thought Villa were Villa were really good yesterday. There was a good performance from Luca Dean, who was offered the freedom of the left hand side. Of Villa Park all day by Everton, but I do think actually watching some of it back today, a lot of the combinations enabled him to be to be free. It wasn't that Everton just weren't picking him up. Actually, it was more the fact that the way Villa were working the ball just and working the movement just opened so much space up for Luca Dean back through the left hand side. But what do you what do you know about about his future? Because there is murmurs that he's he's going to be leaving. Mm. 
Well, we're hearing it, you know, in the in the last couple of transfer windows. You know, he's he's a player that is of interest to a lot of clubs. Um, you know, there there has been interest in Italy. There has been plenty of interest in France, and obviously, we we know of the Saudi Arabia interest that we had um, reported and talked about last week or the week before. I can't remember, but um, the issue is, you know, he's he's on a very very good uh, wage packet you know his salary is very high because when he moved over from Everton um, you know he came for for big money and, and Villa were able to pay him decent wages so there aren't many clubs in in France that are or, or many clubs actually out there in Europe at all that are either able or willing to to pay him the same amount of, of money that he gets at Villa so you know the Saudi Arabia interest was always the one that was um for me, the one that I thought would, would would be more likely because, um, you know, money isn't so much of an issue over there uh, and they're able to pay such high, high wages. But look, Nisa, you know, we know that Nisa are interested in him. Um, there have been some discussions. We'll wait and see. I feel like uh, I've supported Dina quite a lot, haven't I, over the, mm. over the times? Um, he was good yesterday. He, he was good yesterday. He's been, there's been times where he, where he obviously hasn't been very good. Um, he's been a bit up and down, hit and miss, however you want to phrase it. I just feel like I wouldn't sell him. Don't think unless Villa aren't we like, aren't we looking at left backs? I mean, there's a lot of links with other. I know, left backs. but like it's the same. It's the same scenario, isn't it? It's like you sell him, and do you get a better left back in, regardless of who comes in? Yeah, Villa have been looking at plenty of left backs, um, and and the, you know they're, they are in talks, but. We don't know until they they come in if they're any better. So it's one. Of, I'm not sure. Like I, I'm I'm not sure it's the right thing to do to move him on. But look, if he can get a good move somewhere else and Villa can get the money back for him and then he can, he can get the wages that he's after, then you know it might might work for all parties. But I'm not sure it's the right move to be honest. But he's second choice left back, and you know he's one of the highest paid players. So surely it does make sense to shift him from that perspective and get someone in on 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 lower wages, perhaps who's more adequate to being a backup to, to Moreno. I mean, but Villa are going to have lots of games, you know, so that the, Moreno no, is going to play that. 60 games this season. No, I'm saying sign a left back. Two, you need two really good players in each position. That's what Unai Emery wants. If, if Emery thinks he can get a better left back than Dinia, then then fair enough. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think that it's particular. you know, I don't think it's the standout right decision. I think he's a de- I think he's a decent player, and I think you know swapping the two throughout the course of the season isn't the worst thing. But I, I think Moreno's far and away better than him, in in my opinion. And he transformed Villa when when he came in Moreno. And mm. I just think when you're one of the highest paid players, you need to be like a Watkins, like a McGinn, like a Martinez, who's one of yeah. the first time on the team sheets. And he just isn't that. And I think defensively, in all honesty, I know he was good yesterday. Don't get me wrong. I thought he was brilliant yesterday, putting some lovely deliveries. And maybe what you've said about Bailey rings a bit true with Luca Dane, good player at Villa Park. Yeah. Defensively, I don't think it's too difficult to upgrade on him at all. Mm, yeah, perhaps not. I'm not sure Moreno's the strongest defender. I think he's great going forward. but Recovery uh, pace, though. That's the yeah, thing with Moreno. Yeah, very quick. Yeah. It's something we have to keep an eye on. Look, you know, there's there's what ten days left of the transfer window. If, if Phil can get the right deal for the uh, for him, and you know, and he wants to move, then then we'll see. But look, at, over the summer, I was I was led to believe that he was happy. He requested a new shirt number, didn't he? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he had no intentions of leaving. But there has been interest in him for for a while. So, we will see how that develops. There are there are plenty of other players that have been linked with moves away from Villa as well. It's all it's all becoming a little bit. Not of a concern, but you just wonder 
what the, what the plans are now, don't you? Because uh, you know there are there are a lot of players being linked with moves away. You know, we knew that Philip Coutinho would would, would probably have left this month. You know, if um, if Villa could have got the right money for him, but you know the injury that he picked up yesterday might now you know block that move because our clubs. Um, in the Middle East that, that are interested in him, willing to buy an injured player. You know, it's something we'll have to, again, monitor over the next few days. But Coutinho was the one that they were, you know, going to consider moving to get some money back in to help balance the books. You know, again, another very, very well-paid player, £135,000 um, £135, a week uh, on a, it's still a, a relatively lengthy contract. Um, with little resale value now, you know, you'd you think the longer it goes on, it's just I feel I do feel sorry for Coutinho. I have to admit, you know, seeing the the, the pain on his face when he when he was taken off yesterday with with the, with the injury, he hasn't had he hasn't had any luck at Villa has he with injuries. It's it's been really frustrating, and for so long you've just we've just wanted to see um, what he could do in in an Emery team, and he just hasn't had the minutes. So it must be really frustrating for him and and for the coaching staff as well. Yeah, looked looked bright yesterday and very interested. I thought when when he came on, was trying to play nice little through balls, linking the play, nice one twos, and then he is just unfortunately made a paper at the moment. He just yeah, cannot. Just, he's not durable at no, all. It's, it's such a shame because you know he, for for such a high profile player, he's such a great guy. You know, really really well liked at Villa. He's humble. He's he's polite and friendly. All the staff get on really well with him. Um, you know, has he got the fight out there on the pitch? We, we haven't really seen that. I think he works in, hard in a villa, in a villa shirt. We we haven't seen that. But you know, in, in terms of a, of a guy, just in general, you know, top guy, and everyone likes him. And um, it, you know, it's a real shame for him at the moment. Yeah, on the subject of outgoings, as I was leaving Villa Park yesterday, I started to get word that Villa Jean was off to mm. Hull. Has that surprised you? So I've got to say, it took me by surprise. I fully expected him to start yesterday. In, in yeah, me too, actually. And, and then he's that he's not even in the squad. And then you you, you leave the ground and you find out he's, he's probably going to Hull for five million. Are you surprised by that? Um, yes and no. I, I I have to admit, I thought he would be a player that would be moving this summer anyway. Before then, was this before the preseason? Yeah, before yeah. the preseason. So. If he had so before the summer, before preseason, I thought he'd be moving right. So it doesn't come as a massive surprise to me right now. But the chain of events led me to believe um, that he was gonna that he was gonna get minutes, you know, this season. And he had conversations with Unai Emery, who told him he was really interested in keeping him. Still does want to keep him, and would and Emery would love to have him around because you know managers want these options. Um, but he missed yesterday's game because he had a slight knock, so okay. you know, there's nothing to do with uh, you know move or anything. But um, he wants to play regular. That that's the thing, you know. He wants to be a star in the team. He doesn't want to be coming off the bench for 10, 15 minutes, you know, a game. He's he's what he's twenty one, I think. You know, going on to nearly twenty two, I think. So he's he's not like a nineteen year old um, John Duran, for example. Who who can come off the bench at this point in time in his career and, and score and and sorry and score he scores yesterday yeah, he and uh, um, you know and have a have a have a short period each game he wants to be playing regularly he got the feel of it when he was at Stoke um, last season and then, uh, Stoke the previous season and then Cardiff and there are plenty of other clubs that are interested in him so it's like he's weighing it up now he's thinking well there's options for him in France there's options for him in Switzerland there's options for him in Spain. Of a number of championship clubs have shown an interest. Hull are the most advanced because they've actually submitted a bid, which we 
we're led to believe he's, he's around £5 million. Keenan Davis is another player they're trying to sign as yeah. well. Um, well. We'll get on to Davis shortly. But for Philogene, you know, that, that might, that's appealing to him to go and be the star player at a club and then to play regular. And what Villa will do if he does go, and they are open to letting him go now for the right money, is insert a buyback for the first year of the deal. So um, if he improve, uh, if he uh, impresses Villa can then sign him back. I don't know how much the fee would be. That would be down to his representatives and, and the two clubs to, to obviously negotiate. But um, you know, Villa are... Villa are wary of selling some of their youngsters that they've developed and then um, seeing them kick on and be brilliant in the future. But at the same time, they're trying to become a self-sustainable club where they nurture talent and sell them, sell them on for profits if they can get the profits. Aaron Ramsey for £14 million is the classic example. Jaden Philogene for £5 million still seems quite low, but um, you know, Hull haven't got much money. Certainly not much money to spend, and uh, you know the championship. A lot of championship clubs don't really pay that type of money for players anymore. There are only a handful of championship clubs that can afford players at, at that sort of price now. Um, I, was, I was surprised Hull can afford five million. In yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, look, you know, we're we're still trying to get to the bottom of the, of the exact figures, but five million is a term that um, you know I've, I've been I've been told so. Trying to trying to find out whether that includes Keenan Davis as well, um, or whether it's just for just for Philogene. And and look, you know, it's not done yet. There's been nothing signed, so there are plenty of other clubs interested. So it's not done and dusted yet. Holler just the most advanced and and want to get this deal done. Um, but look, you know, Jaden Philogene was signed from from an academy in in London, and if Filler did sign him on, sell him for what three, four, five, six million, whatever the fee is, that's pure profit, and and and. They're not losing too much because he's not a player that has played for the first team for so long. It just feels like he was the one that was really closest this year and, and we were going to see a little bit more of him, but might not be to be. Yeah, Archer's still being linked with a with a move away as well, obviously for for big money. You know, we go we go back like six seven weeks when we signed Paltaris and we we did that podcast and you were talking about financial fair play. It didn't go down very well because of the because of the timing. But ultimately, what you were saying six seven weeks ago. Is true. Villa are looking now to sell academy players to, to build up funds, aren't they? Because without that, they can't be as active with incomings as they want to be. So if they shift three people for pure profit, which would be a hell of a lot of money between the three of them, actually, they're, they're going to probably yeah. do it, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah, I was, yeah, I, I know there was a lot of, uh, you know, negativity towards um, my thoughts when I was talking about. The FFP side of things, you know, probably bad, you know, bad timing on my behalf after, no, no, after signing, um, you know, Pal Torres and and everything was gearing towards the future. But I was just trying to explain that at some point down the line, Villa were going to need Villa needed to sell move on players, um, you know, to, to to help balance the books. And it's it's with with the academy players, it's interesting because. It's like you sell these players now and you get pure profit back for them, right? And you get that. You get that money now. So Villa can go and sign a Diaby and a Torres and, and, and you're paying, what, €90 million Euros for, for the two of them between them. But that's going to be staggered over five-year contracts. If they sell Aaron Ramsey now and, and Jaden Philogene and Keenan Davies and perhaps Cameron Archer, they get that money straight away. So it, it's billed as profit straight away. It's what Chelsea are doing here, you know, with, with their players. And then Chelsea kind of look at it as they're not spending, they're investing. You know, they're selling... Mm-hmm. Mason Mount for 
55 million rising to 60. They're selling Hall to Newcastle potentially in, in, in the days ahead. Um, they've, they've made some decent sales in Kovacic and, and Havertz and, and, have, and have banked profits on them. And that's allowing them to, um, you know, bring in some other players on ridiculously long contracts. Yeah, they're trying to get through a little bit of a loophole. And in some it's still spread over five years, isn't it? Now eight year. I mean, they're doing eight year contracts. No, right? no, but in. Um... I think I can't remember which way around it is, but there's either the Premier League or the Champ or Europe. Yeah, yeah, you can only yeah. be counted over five years, oh, even yeah, though it's still yeah. an eight-year contract. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember which way around it is. But um, and look, you know, Chelsea are probably a, a bad example because their spending is just ridiculous, and it's you know up to nine hundred million pound under under Tom Bowley. So and his group. Um, so yeah, probably a, probably a bad example. But look, what Villa have been trying to do for for a good few years now um, under Nassif Sawiris and Wes and Wes Edens is bringing young players. Sell them on for a profit. You know there are other players that are there that are coming through that that next batch almost. You've still got your Louis Barrys, your Lamar Bogards, um, Finnazaz, Kane Kessler Hayden. In a year's time, they might be worth the, the type of money that that Archer and Ramsey are now commanding after successful periods uh, in the football league on loan. The disappointing one probably will be Keenan Davis because when he was at Nottingham Forest, you know he was doing really well and and Villa were sort of banking on getting you know, 12 to 15 million pounds for him back then. The permanent move didn't go through. He went to Watford on loan um, and Watford didn't get promoted, so they didn't sign him permanently. He's now going to be leaving for a relatively low fee. You know, I think, believe Villa want around two million pounds for him, um, which doesn't seem like quite a lot. A few When a few years ago, we thought this was going to be a guy who would help generate, you know, a decent bit of profit but again you know it's somebody who's come in and, and done a job for Villa at times I remember when he him and, and Bwama Samata were the two trying to get Villa in the Premier Those League and, the and struggled to score the goals but look you know don't they, forget Borgia they back on third choice Greg please don't yeah. forget Borgia <laughs> how good, how good were <laughs> um so, yeah, you know, they, these are the players that, you know, Villa are looking to move on, try and get a bit of money for. And, and obviously Cameron Archer is the um, the crown jewel, shall we say. He's uh, a player that doesn't really want to go back down to the Championship now. He's a bit reluctant to do that, having had two previous loan spells at Preston and Middlesbrough. Um, my understanding is that Sheffield United are the, are the front runners to sign him. So it'll be interesting. But again, all three of those that we've mentioned, barring Keane and Davis, um, Villa will insert or look to insert buybacks into the into the deals and perhaps bring them back in the future. What's the hold up with Ramsey? Because that one seems to have been on the table for a long, long time. Mm. And Villa are obviously playing Burnley on on Sunday. Yeah, just you know minor minor. Um, well, I say minor uh, details around the the terms of the contract. It's been going on for some time. You know how the buyback structured, whether how you know things like that. But um, we'll try and try and give you some more details when I've got full clarity on that. I know you've got to go shortly, but I can't have you on without asking about incomings. What's the what's the word on the street? Well, you know, Zaniola's now in through the door, isn't he? Um, I still think Villa might look for one more. I, I'm not, I'm not, under, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were done, but, but I still think they might get one all this left-back stuff come from last week? Because I was hearing a lot about Acuna, and now that's gone quiet. I don't know if it's just because Luca Dan had a good game, perhaps, but I was told that Acuna was pretty pretty advanced, in all honesty. That's gone quiet. I don't think the discussions have been as straightforward as um, as planned, but you know, I wouldn't fully rule that out yet. Um, I said, I've been saying for weeks, Villa have been looking at fullbacks in Spain, haven't they? Mm. Um, lots of different options have, have been considered. So, yeah, it's over to Monchi now and Emery to, to, to put together... Um, 
you know their plans and see whether they can build continue building. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Villa are done. But equally, I do think they might get one more. But we spoke earlier, and we're back to two goalkeepers on the bench. <laughs> and that was before <laughs> Coutinho, that was before Coutinho went off. When off injured, I know Villa have had bad luck with with injuries, but if you're in four competitions, I know. you can't it's, be having two goalkeepers on the bench. No, it's it's a stretch, isn't it? At the moment, it's becoming a concern, and you know Villa are moving on or looking to move on some of these young players um, who who are squad members. Archer came well. on yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he didn't look too happy though, did he? Must because he looked like drams ahead of him, and I wouldn't have called that at the start of the season. I'd have said, yeah, he just have been he didn't. Not getting good vibes from him. It feels like look. I don't. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him, or or um, he just didn't look too happy. Uh, yeah, it feels like it's a frustrating period for him because it's felt like the time where he would have been, you know, maybe getting a chance. But look, you know, he might play. Might play and went um, at Hibs, or might get might get some minutes there, and that will change his thinking. But it, look, it seems to me that he's. Um, He's, uh, you know, he's going to be heading for the exit if he, if he, if Villa can get the right fee for him. But I wouldn't expect him to go back to the championship. Um, yeah, in terms of Villa's squad, it's not looking great. Is it lots of injuries? The injuries have, have caused them problems. You know, Bailey and Mings, obviously, um, very yeah. early on. Coutinho is a is a disappointing one because with with Brendan, uh, sorry, Brendan and Ings, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ings, Brendan and Mings. Coutinho's the frustrating one now because with Buendia injured, he was going to be the guy that was going to be getting a lot more, you know, minutes and somebody that Villa would have turned to off the bench. And you just feel like, you know, a lot of pressure now on Zaniolo to come on to come in and, and hit the ground running. Gotta perhaps see more from Duran. Traore, you know, is Traore gonna feature now? He's on a bench yesterday, wasn't he, Traore? Yeah. There's still Dendonka. You know, Dendonka is still to come back. You know, Boonham still to come back. There are numbers there, but you just it just feels a little bit tight, doesn't it? Yeah, we feel we're a lot. I remember thinking before the Brendan injury, I actually quite like how the squad set there, and mm. if the window closed tomorrow, I'd be relatively happy. Now it just it does feel light again. It does feel like we're back to last season. It's really tough. It's really tough for Villa because they've spent a lot of money, right, on players, and and they've got the targets in that they want to get in. And without the injuries, and I know you can't plan that because you always get injuries in football, but without the injuries, that squad was looking good. Really strong. two Almost two players in every position. You'd fancy them to have, you know, sustained a good early run in, in the first few months of the season. To get two injuries like that to, for Mings and Buendia, it's just, you know, it's, you just can't plan for that, really. And no. You can't, and you can't, you can't, unfortunately, you just can't react to them and, and, Sawiris and Edens have been flexible all through their five years in charge at Villa, but you can't just keep buying 30, 20 million pound players when players get injured. You know, it happened last year with, with Dendonka when Dendonka arrived. They thought Louise was going, Louise stayed, and now they've got Dendonka who, you know, can he, where, where's he going to fit in? Europe, I would say. Mm, possibly, but, you know. I like Dendonka. I think, oh, I, quite like I, think him. I think he's all right. And, you know, he can do a job at centre back mm. if needed. Um, you know, he was good at the back end of last season. He came in in important ga- uh, in games and, and played an important role. He's a good player to have around, but, you know, it's the midfield's the one that's packed, isn't it? You say Tielemans and, you know, Ram- when Ramsey comes back. Well, he was still wearing a boot on a photo I saw of him yesterday, Ramsey. I've heard Moreno's back next week, but um, Ramsey is still in that boot. I'm not sure how far away he is. And he's a big player for Villa. They, they yeah. really need him back. 
Well, you said 12 weeks when I reported injury news. I said 12 weeks back then, so I don't know how many weeks to pass, but... Five, six, I would say. That's what I mean, it's halfway through then. It just feels a little bit thin, a little bit thinner than I would than I would like. It does, but you've got to think from Villa's perspective, what do you do now from a recruitment? You don't panic, of course, no. You've got, you can't panic. You just have to You have to accept and, and use the other players that you've got in your squad. That's what you've got a squad for. Yeah, you know, in, in an ideal world, you'd have another forward in there. You'd have another left-back. Definitely have another goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> it's thin, I'm saying someone who came on yesterday in the in the game is is probably going to go. So it's just like um, there's already two keepers on the bench. That's the bit mm. that, that's the bit that's concerning. But we'll save we'll save this worry. Well, look, let's get to the end of the window and, and see where we are. Then we'll be the time to, to worry about the squad and maybe we can do a pod where we look at how the squad is is set up and is there enough yeah, to carry Villa through the first half of the season. They should, they should be. They managed with a small squad last season, but they literally just had Premier League, didn't they? That was that's the difference. If they're yeah. wanting to go well in the cup competitions, they're going to need a bit of wiggle room to, to rotate. And at the moment, I don't see where that wiggle room particularly is, especially if Ar- if Archer goes. You suddenly feel like Watkins mm. going to be playing every every game. And I mean, look, it was good. It was good for Dur- Durant to come off the bench and score. That that'll give him you know a confidence boost, and hopefully we'll start seeing a little bit more of him in games. Um, you know, U- Europe's going to be a good thing, and the, and the early rounds in the comp- uh, cup competitions will help because it will give players that don't play, um, you know, those those minutes, uh, you know, whether Kellyman comes in um, and, and, and maybe gets some... He would have been on the bench yesterday, wouldn't he, had it not been for the fact he played Friday night, he would he would have been yeah. one on the bench. Yeah, so, but, it, but it, it is looking a little bit light, but, you know, the, the positives are the, the strongest team that Villa are able to put out now have just gone and absolutely smashed Everton. Um so, you know, let's 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 ride let's ride on that for a little bit and enjoy yeah. it and, and, and hopefully Villa will get the job done in Scotland this week. Um, make that second leg easier. And then we can move on from there. And look, it's still ten days of the transfer window, as you say. Players might come in. Um, not everybody that's been linked with a move away will go. You know, there might be one or two staying still, so we'll see. And there's players to come back, isn't there? Yeah, I'm gonna sound like a manager here, but I was like didn't get too low after the Newcastle game. I'm not going to get too carried away with yesterday. Yeah, of course. Love the fact that they won 4 0, obviously brilliant. But I think I didn't get too down about the Newcastle game, so I'm not going to get carried mm-hmm. away with with the Everton game. That would be my TED talk for the end of the, the podcast. Early days, early days isn't yeah. it? Because you know, you look at you look across the league, you know, Newcastle obviously had a flying start and then came up against Man City and, and, and lost it. Nothing wrong with that. We expected that. Chelsea had a decent performance against Liverpool, but then lost to West Ham. Man United have stuttered. Brighton looked brilliant. Can they continue it? It's it really does. It's so it's just so early into the season, isn't it? You never know what's going to happen. You need yeah. probably, you know, a couple more months to to start seeing the real trends and 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 where teams are, are strong all week. So you go, we you go. see. You go in Burnley on, on Sunday. It's kind of your patch now, isn't it? They're out near mm-hmm. there. That's your that's no, your real region. Not at Burnley. No. I upset go. the Burnley fans last time I went there, if you remember. What did you do? I can't remember what you did. <laughs> I won't repeat that. Oh, I'd like to know. I've completely <laughs> just completely been erased from my from my memory. I'd love to know what you did. I've completely <laughs> forgotten. We'll discuss that now when the when the podcast ends. Thanks very much for joining me, Greg, and thanks to those that have watched live as well. I did forget to put the chat up at the start of the pod. So if you're wondering why I've ignored you all the way through, it's because I forgot to put the chat up. So my apologies there. But I did do a, a post match show last night where the audience was very, very involved. So you can forgive me for, for that one. But yeah, thanks to those that have tuned in live and those that will go on and watch it as well. I'll try and get these up on Spotify. People keep asking me on Twitter. The Tech Man's not here. Adam Bates is not here. And I 
there's no good asking me. I don't have a clue how to do that that kind of thing. And it's even worse if you're going to ask Greg, because I don't ask Greg because he's got less clue <laughs> than me. But yeah, thanks ever so much for, for everyone who, who's watched and listened. Be back with it. I'll get a match previewed. I'll try and get a match previewed with Dave Reid ahead of the Hips gang, because Greg and myself haven't had time to discuss it tonight. So we'll get that done. Yeah, and then all the usual shebang in the lead up to the Burnley game as well. So yeah, thanks ever so much for watching and up the villa. Podcast Network.